one, we are live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host. And as usual, I'm joined by Seth Wintraum. How are you doing today, Seth? I'm good. All right. I hope you're ready because there's a lot to discuss today. And we, we're starting with a somewhat sensitive subject, too, that we are. Uh, I'll try not to tiptoe around it, but like uh, give you the you give you guys the facts, and then you you, you can do whatever you want with it because it's kind of a he said he said situation. We don't have like the absolute truth here, but it it was a bad week for Tesla on the stock market. It was a bad week for the whole stock market to be to be fair, but uh, Tesla is trading way downwards compared to even the uh, the Nasdaq or, or even its peers in the in, in the auto industry. Um, Though I know Tesla is not just an auto industry company, anyway. but uh, it started out with the uh, ESG thing, so that um, the S and P five hundred is uh, as an ESG index, and they <laughs> uh, they removed Tesla from from the index this week for uh, for a bunch of different reasons. Like they have a lengthy like explanation for it, but it's uh, if you're not familiar with ESG, of course, it's the um, Environmental, social, and governance standard that they use to—it's a system that combines the environmental strategy, the social uh, uh, approach, and the overall governance of a company, and put a score together uh, to see to see how well they're doing in, in that. So the way Elon <laughs> mentioned it is like how how woke is a company? Uh, it's not as simple as that. Obviously, uh, I think he's. He, he knows he's exaggerating, uh, but I mean, it starts with environmental. So you would think that Tesla was score pretty strong there, but even on the environmental front, Tesla doesn't score that front because they don't really take into account the actual mission of the company, which in case of Tesla is literally to accelerate the world's transition to renewable energy. It's nothing more environmental than that. Um, but it's it's they take the, the there's different things that are are, are weighted in a lot bigger in the actual calculation like the the decarbonization strategy within your own operation uh so of course if if your whole product is a decarbonization product they don't necessarily take that into account they take more of that okay like what are you doing within the operation of the company to um uh to 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 remove uh, uh pollution and uh, Tesla doesn't score too far on that for for whatever reason. And uh, you ha- on the and on the other end of it, you have company like Exxon's and other oil companies that score in the top ten, uh, even though their products is what is the products is the reason that this ESG thing even exists even in the exists. first place. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it is dumb. There's no doubt about it. It's not. It's far like far from a perfect. Um, a perfect system, and, but, and you can you could also argue that the E, S, and G are three separate things. Yeah, and Tesla should score extremely high on the E, but mm. yes, the social and the governance, maybe not. Yeah, so so uh, they mentioned that in the criteria, the level score related to Tesla's lack of low carbon strategy, <laughs> which is, sounds wild, but uh, they, they did mention that. And then is the other side of it is like you said, the code of business conduct, and they specifically specifically mentioned things about uh, well the the, the racial discrimination uh, allegation that they've been going on uh, over the last year, like the the, the giant. Uh, a settlement that they had. Well, it wasn't a settlement. It was actually a court order um, penalty that they had to pay for uh, allegation of racial discrimination at the Fremont factory. Uh, then they also mentioned the NETSA investigation into the autopilot debts and injury linked to autopilot. Uh, that one is a little bit uh, sketchier to uh, to link to the company. I mean, the especially when you, you take into account that like when you say death linked to autopilot that, that that's actually a pretty good way to say it like it's just it's it's not necessarily caused by autopilot like it's it's a death in a car crash which happened all the time and sometimes it's happened that the car was a tesla and the tesla was on autopilot uh it doesn't mean that autopilot caused the accident though and it's a basically uh, basically investigates all of those crash on autopilot anyway so uh, there's going to be a ton of investigation of tesla crashes uh, because of that so i don't know if it's really uh the case like it, that should like weight in the balance that much in this case 
But yeah, I mean, Elon uh, <laughs> Elon went on a, on a rampage after that. Of course, like if you haven't been following Elon lately or the news in general, you uh, you might not know that Elon has uh, like uh, he, he's taken a sharp turn in the last few months of becoming way more political. Obviously, within the Twitter acquisition uh, news that has become political in itself. So, uh, he, but he's definitely choosing to be more political in general. Like. Honestly, the, 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 there's there could have been an argument not even to comment on that ASG stuff. Like it, it would have went on under the radar, really, and only a few like Tesla investors got pissed off at it. But the Tesla stock took took a hit from it, like took took a bit of hit from it. And Elon said that uh, um, that it was a farce, basically. The whole ASG thing. He said that it was a it, it was a way uh, for the Democratic Party to impose wokeness on companies, uh, which uh, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know how involved the Democratic Party is in enforcing ESG. I, I, I if anything, is just the the wokeness in general that all companies are trying to adopt, and the, not not the companies necessarily, but uh, investment firms, because the, the really only way that this has an impact is for investment firms, and especially like the, those big like pension funds and things like that that put on themselves uh, requirements to only invest in companies that has this minimum scoring on the ASG uh, uh, standard. So if you don't score that high, then those companies are not investing in you and that affects your stocks. Um, but so it's, it's, a, it's a choice at the end of the day. Like not everyone follow ESG. Like plenty of people are still investing in Tesla and they don't, they don't care that the ESG score is not there. So it's not that big of a deal, but it did impact the stock a lot this week uh, amongst, again, a broader market sendback. And then, of course, they went, there's uh, what we're now calling the Elon Gate, which if that's Elon's own fault because he, he called it years ago. He said if there's ever a scandal about him, please call him Elon Gate. So, but it, critically, that was he said that after the incident happened, but before anybody knew about it. So No, the Elon Gate thing, that's way back. Yeah, but he he said that the tweet about Elon Gate was like oh yeah ago. okay you're right I know what you mean like the actual uh, allegation of misconduct uh, sexual misconduct happened before he said that I think you're yeah. right because it happened in 2016 and I think he said that in 2019 or something like that sounds right um, so all right let's go real quick over the the allegation a, a few things to note how, how this is coming out here so this is coming out from an insider article based on uh, comments and I, I actually uh, it sounds like they saw also a, settle, a settlement agreement or um, what what do you call it when a severance agreement uh, from the, the, the company that they uh, from SpaceX from Elon Musk company. So, but mostly it's a friend of the alleged victim of the sexual misconduct here that is communicating uh, the information to Insider and the way that Insider frames the article, even though they don't say it point blank, they frame it as the alleged victim signed an NDA with SpaceX and therefore she cannot comment on it. And therefore the friend is the one bringing forward. Though the friend says, obviously that the friend has no knowledge of her coming forward with this. She says she's, she's doing it. Right. It's a good way to get around a non-disclosure. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the crazy thing too, is that that non-disclosure agreement uh, dated back 2018 it came out it was signed like months before California passed, passed a law to make it almost impossible to enforce those agreements. Uh, so, so I, I don't know if like this becomes retroactive or something, yeah, but like, I don't know. Uh, so she, if she could, or she's just scared that it, it wouldn't work, but, or, or she doesn't want to come out or, she, or it's all not true. We don't, we don't know. That's, <laughs> that's the thing. Uh, so the allegation is that this, this, uh, the SpaceX hired. So Elon's is known for having a private jet, but it's actually a corporate jet for SpaceX. And he used it both for, well, personally, um, I'm, I'm sure he reimbursed that, those expenses. Uh, but he uses for SpaceX and then he uses for Tesla and then Tesla reimburses SpaceX for those expenses. So but so technically, it's a, it's a SpaceX corporate plane. And for some reason, they have flight attendant of those planes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand having a flight attendant on a private plane like... Like if you like unless unless it's it's required if you like you need to like actually like tell like safety I th- protocols. I think there's actually like some safety things. Yeah, it has I, to be because it's not like you need a drink. Like just get up and go get yourself the drink. Like it's a private plane. <laughs> like, yeah, and they're not that big. You can. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a decent sized plane, but anyway. So SpaceX hired its flight attendant, 
and, and again, this is all according to the flight attendant's friend. She is encouraged by people at SpaceX to take a certification uh, as a licensed masseuse uh, because apparently, again, allegedly, Elon loves to get massages and he loves to get them on uh, the plane. And uh, for context, though, to make it a little bit less weird, because this kind of kind of weird to like, it's it's already pretty weird. Yeah, it's it's pretty weird to like encourage a mass uh, a flight attendant to become a, a masseuse, which is two completely different uh, career, obviously. But uh, at SpaceX, SpaceX is known for like encouraging massages a lot, and they have like masseuse uh, certified masseuse on uh, site, and that has been known for for a while. So it looks hmm. like Elon loves massages and encourage people to get them at SpaceX. And he wanted them to have them on his own uh, flight, apparently, again, according to that friend. Uh, and then one day in 2016 on the flight to London, uh, he allegedly wanted a full body massage, went in the back of the airplane to get it. During the massage, uh, he exposed himself and uh, asked for sexual favors and even apparently offered the flight attendant, who's uh, uh, an equestrian, and, like she loves horses, uh, offered to buy her her horse if she performed the uh, sexual favors. Uh, she refused, apparently, and, uh, and that was it. But then she claims that over a period of time after she refused to perform the sexual acts uh, at Elon's uh, alleged demand, she uh, started getting. She's not getting booked as much on the SpaceX uh, plane, so she would get less work. And she believed it was due to her refusal. And uh, she hired um, employment lawyer in 2018, so about two years after the incident, uh, alleged incident. And then she, she they, they brought this uh, brought this incident up in mediation with SpaceX, and SpaceX reportedly agreed to pay. Her two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the severance package that included an NDA, not to discuss this uh, this incident or uh, not 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 disparage Elon Musk or or other company. Now, here's where things get uh, crazy on the public side of things. I mean, I mean, this is already not this is already a kind of a crazy story in itself if if it's true. But the day before that, which was uh, Wednesday, Elon. Again, him being more and more political in the last few weeks, the last few months, he decided to go and say that the Democratic Party has become the party of hate, that uh, even though he has voted for them for years, he's, uh, he doesn't identify with the Democratic Party anymore, and he's going to be voting Republican going forward. Even though he followed up after that tweet saying that he actually would prefer uh, a third party or whatever. but um, since which, um, is, which is weird in itself, because didn't he vote for Andrew Yang, who's like the forward party last time around? Anyway, um, the Andrew Yang prison, like actually, uh, I think Yang went Democrat, uh, yeah, he was a Democrat at the yeah. time, and then after the election, yeah. he went to a poor party, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's he, like the way he said, he said, I've always been voting Democrat, but I don't know, like, uh, I, I kind of doubt that he's he voted for Biden for some reason, so yeah, it doesn't feel like yeah, he voted for Biden. um, so anyway. He, he says that, and then after he says that, he says, uh, look out, because they're going to ramp up those dirty tricks, uh, those political attacks against me in the coming months. He said that on Wednesday. And then keep, the next day... But keep in mind, he's already been asked for comment about... Yeah, well, that's, that's the big thing. The next day, the story comes out. And then every like all of his hardcore fans are like, "Oh, this is crazy!" He he said it the day before that the political attacks would would be coming. The next day, there's a sexual misconduct allegation against him. This is the, like the guy great at predicting. Like Elon already knew about that story when he said that, uh, almost certainly because Insider did report that they reached out to him for comments, and then he responded asking for more time to comment. And uh, that there's a lot more to the story. And then Insider uh, apparently uh, complied and gave him more time. So, I mean, knowing a little bit how this works in the industry, like this had to be at least yet, uh, the day before or even before that. So Elon for sure knew about the story coming out when he wrote those. Shows. So he preemptively set things up to for people to to, to to have a different mindset when they read that story, basically. 
Uh, again, that doesn't mean that the story is true and everything. It just means that Elon's is smart as hell and he does that. Like it's not the first time we've seen that from him too, like preemptively setting things up for a story. We we saw it with the racial allegation recently. Uh, Tesla getting ahead of uh, of the lawsuit from the I don't remember the California authority that is uh, suing them over over the racial uh, alle- uh, discrimination allegation in, in, at Tesla, but Tesla like came out before the lawsuit came out saying that uh, oh uh, we think we're gonna be sued uh, soon for 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 uh, racial discrimination, but uh, it's 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 bogus and then they, they really downplayed the whole thing uh, before it came out. When it came out, it was actually way more serious than made, they made it sound. Uh, again, I'm not saying this is the case here. I'm just saying it's not true that Elon just somehow predicted that there's going to be some attack on him. He knew that this was going to come, whether it's an attack or not. We, uh, Whether it's an attack or it's oh. a legitimate um, complaint. Uh, so do you think he's blaming Democrat Party because he believes that uh, this woman who's you know the friend of a friend or the friend of the person uh, at the center of this is like a democratic, is she a democratic operative or is it like the woke media that's like business? Well, uh, yeah, there, there's, there's this idea that uh, Elon is obviously anti most media, like uh, believing that they are, uh, they, they succumb to this wokeness virus that he called it. But mm. uh, in case of like this, this person, this friend directly being involved in this, uh, uh, I mean, we the insider never never named the, the friend. Uh, the friend asked not to be named based on uh, fear for uh, reprisal, I think. But uh, the but the insider knew knows the identity of the person, so it's not like it's an anonymous sources that they're using there. So they actually know the uh, the person's identity, and they know the flight attendant's identity too. So uh, at the very least, I, insider confirmed that this person did work for Musk at that point. So that like there's there's like so, a lot of people are like it's just a secondhand account. Yes, but there's there's a little bit more confirmation to that, and it looks like the SpaceX settlement, um, severance package settlement, and NDA was was real too because SpaceX said that they wouldn't comment on it, and uh, uh, and the, the insiders uh, article made it sound like they actually seen it. And they mentioned yeah. some specific details of it. So, so yeah, there's there's like I, I understand why they published that story, insider. Uh, it, 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 if Remove the potential of an, an actual political entity here trying to uh, have a, a dirty tricks campaign or whatnot. It, it wouldn't. It, it, I would understand within the Me Too context, specific, specifically, uh, where the the story is strong enough to be published in, in itself. It's not like they are like pulling this out of a hat just to attack Elon. It could be for sure, but it, it, it could stand on its own too. So. I, I don't. Uh, Elon would need like. Here's the thing: those are strong allegations on both sides, and you need strong proof. Uh, like, like the insider story had some, like not proof, but like decent information. And Elon does hasn't supplied any proof whatsoever about his own allegation that, uh, that this is all a, a Democratic Party attack for some reason. Um, he did even challenge though <laughs> the uh, the friend. To release to describe actual marks on his body, whether it is a scar or a tattoo, uh, to prove that uh, he's he was seen naked by by this woman. Um, I mean, I don't know how that's how weird. would hold up in court or anything, but uh, like <laughs> it's just a weird thing because you don't want to even imagine like like what if she did say something like yeah. it's, it would be super inappropriate. It's already gone beyond that, but you know, here's here's some things that I was thinking about. Like, so we we know for a pretty good fact that uh, SpaceX did pay out a quarter million dollars to this woman as a severance package. So she had some like case or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it, they they don't just do that for everybody who leaves and says, "Hey, Elon, you know, mm-hmm. cornered me and did whatever." So she must have had something to make them give her. Yeah, but to be, to be fair, to play devil's advocate, it could be as small as her and Elon or anyone else that's often on that flight, not having a good relationship and then giving work to somebody else. 
mm-hmm. and then that's not necessarily like depending on how what how what's was bad about this relationship even if it's not sexual misconduct that could still stand as a not a reason to f- fire or cut someone's hours and then the she had a case and she had a lawyer already an employment lawyer and SpaceX was like all right we don't want any trouble with this let's just give her $250,000 and be done with it again i'm playing a devil's advocate sure and Elon might not even be aware of it. Like he, no, I mean, no, he was there at the mediation meeting, though. Oh, was he? When when, when the the settle the settle on that severance package? Oh, yeah. So all right, well, I guess uh, I guess he can't claim that 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 didn't happen. Yeah, and well, it's something <clears throat> so, like there's too much details and things like that that something must have happened not saying it's sexual most but the, the something must have happened like you said for for that severance package to, to be put together and everything in the nda there must have been enough that like it, it was a trouble some situation right to be that dealt with not saying that it was sexual misconduct it might have been i don't know but and anyway it, it didn't didn't help the stock <laughs> no it didn't help the stock the stock i mean i, I didn't uh, we didn't look in the last um, clo- at closing time but it was down that as much as 10% today uh 16% all week and uh i think thir- like now it's probably like 35% since the beginning of the year yeah it's not this good this is this is bad and um so at at the very least Elon as uh motive for uh for his uh his claim that the democratic party wants to go against him uh and that motive is and it's a little bit stretching things here but it is technically i think correct like if i was a lawyer working with this situation like i would that would be my uh my motive is that well, the idea is that all, but obviously, I mean, uh, the left has made it clear that they don't like Elon taking over Twitter because he said it clearly that he's going to reinstate uh, right-wing people that have been banned on the platform, uh, and it's going to make it a free speech platform, and, and, and nothing, sh- anything short of actual uh, criminal stuff is is not going to get removed. Uh, then he, um, so the the Democrats sees it as Elon basically. Taking away a, a tool that they had for for spreading uh, a marketing tool, really for the left, if, if anything else, and 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 giving that back to the right, or at least like splitting it with the right or something, and they don't like that, uh, so they've been attacking him over it, and there's been definitely like uh, attack in the media against him uh, around that uh, coming from the left because they, they don't like it, uh, but now he's saying that it's going as far as like these things uh which we again don't have any proof of but uh within the context of this if you want to stop the twitter acquisition you want to attack the tesla stock uh it makes sense because elon still has six billion dollars of loan for the twitter acquisition that is tied to the tesla stock and if it keeps falling like that it's going to be going to be an issue for him he did uh, there was a report last week that he was looking for alternative funding so that he doesn't have to do that um uh, uh that's six billion uh, backed by tesla stocks but we don't have any word that that's been done yet so until it's done um elon might be a little bit of a pickle if again if the stock keeps falling and and some tesla investors even some big one They've been kind of panicking. I mean, obviously, there's been some panic. Some people have been selling. <laughs> We've seen that. Uh, even like so, Caddy Wood has been selling. Uh, of course, she, she, she claims that Tesla stock is worth like four thousand five hundred bucks. So if she keeps selling, you know, it's a it's a red flag. And then you have an even bigger investor. Uh, you remember Leo Kuguan? I might be yeah. mispronouncing his last name, but uh, we reported on him a few uh, months back when uh, he, he became the third largest investors in Tesla individual investor uh, with a stake worth billions of dollars now a lot less probably though but um uh, he he's calling for a buyback program from tesla so he's been mostly like a, not an active investor he's just like a silent whale that's just holding the stock and buying more really but uh, now he came out this week and said that uh, he's pushing for elon tesla to announce a five billion dollars tesla share buyback uh, this year and ten billion dollars next year, uh, he says to to buy. He, he, he says Fremont and Shanghai 
Fremont, Shanghai, Austin, and Berlin money printing machines are running in full speed, which is complete lie. <laughs> but, like, Shanghai is literally like half speed right now, <laughs> and Austin and Berlin are, are barely starting up. So I don't know what he's talking about, but anyway, um, there's like an invest in FSD bought and factories while buying back its undervalued stocks. So the idea a company when feels that its stocks is undervalued, it, it can uh, proceed to buy back and remove the, the shares outstanding, which, of course, limit the share available to trade and boost the stock price normally. Um, however, like this would be like a, a 180 for Tesla financially. Uh, this uh the, the, like Tesla has been known I mean now that they have some free cash flow they, they can um they can increase their cash position and actually build the nest egg that, that now is worth about 18 billion dollars I think but they they don't spend that cash on anything else than the mission to accelerate the advent of uh, sustainable uh, energy In this case, what it would look like if they do that, because this is not like the stock price right now, unless Tesla is trying to raise money, doesn't affect the mission at all. Unless uh, you, you're trying to raise capital again, and, and Tesla is not trying to raise capital right now. So the only major effect right now of Tesla stock price would be Elon's acquisition of Twitter. <laughs> yeah. So if Tesla were to approve such a program, it would look bad. It would look like as if Tesla is spending its own money to bail out the, the, the stock price so that Elon can actually buy Twitter. It makes uh, no sense to me whatsoever. I mean, there is the, you know, the employee options, keeping people happy there, but that's, that's kind of a short term. Oh, so we the 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 insider reporter did confirm that uh, Elon knew about it before uh, before tweeting. Yeah, the timeline is 9 a.m. Uh, they reached out to Elon, and Elon tweeted at noon, so he knew. So he, he knew, and he knew recently too. Right. So this was this was put together real quick. Okay. All right, so it's something to keep an eye on. Um, obviously, the broader market is also like badly affecting the whole thing, but. Uh, it's putting a lot of pressure on the stock. These 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 things and and really Elon just being political right now is a, because I because I, I would assume to not only that like j just the announcement itself that he, that he, that he did about like uh, voting Republican right now like it, it, <laughs> the way that people think in the U.S. like this two party mentality like polarization you versus them and whatnot it, it's like you, you you just made yourself like less liked by half of the not not half exactly. like was like a third a third of the population in the u.s like wh I would why say do that maybe closer to a third or like yeah you're right yeah well i feel i feel like there's a, a third of like like die hard right right wing republican and a third is die hard uh, left wing democrats and then everybody else is more like reasonable right. in the middle but um Yeah, it's still it's still something part of the population that you just don't have to, get to, to do that in this position. Because and if anything, it would make it easier for him to do the the important thing instead. If he wasn't so controversial, so I, and I and I don't I don't want to censor him either. I don't want to like don't be yourself because you're an extremely rich and and and, and powerful person with a lot of uh, reach, but what's what's to gain here like if it, it it does make him seem very petty it does and like in the whole twitter thing too like if he would have just stuck to i want to make twitter a free speech platform and that's it and then if anyone asks him okay does that mean you're going to bring back trump does that mean that you're going to bring back right wing uh people like even if he he is going to do that just say I believe in Twitter as a free speech platform, and we're gonna um, we're gonna not ban anyone other than for criminal things like inciting violence and things like that. If he would just repeat that, that then because I 
I think that's what he really wants. Honestly, I think that's what he wants with the platform. I think that's that's really his goal. But when he says that, and then he says, "Yeah, I'm going to bring back Trump," and yeah, uh, the 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 Hunter Biden laptop thing should should have been on Twitter, and uh, and then he starts like just talking to right wing people that have been bad on the platform, and like, "Yeah, yeah, you're going to be back, you're going to be back," and and all that. Then it then it makes it a lot easier for the left uh, wing to be. To, to be suspicious about him like actually just trying to prompt up the right even even if it's not what he's doing uh, and I'm, I'm not saying that it's not what he's doing because again like the, because he's doing that it, it it raises the suspicions on that front but i think his real goal is really just to make it a free speech platform uh, it's just in the process that's gonna ha- happen you're gonna bring back a lot of those voices from the right that have been banned from the platform all right, let's move on. Uh, the uh, the Model Y from Gigafactory Texas, this uh, Model Y um, all-wheel drive standard range, we're calling it. Uh, they, uh, if you've been following when when Tesla opened the, the factory in April, that was in April. Yeah, they um, they started deliveries of this new car that we didn't know much about because it's like it's a new car with a forty-six eighty cell, the structural battery pack, and everything. Uh, so the EPA rating came out, so we knew the range. We knew it was at 270 miles of range, but we didn't know anything else about it. Uh, all-wheel drive. We knew it was all-wheel drive, too. And then we learned uh, from an email uh, that uh, Tesla sent to employees that, indeed, they were only delivering to employees. That's why it's not on the website right now. That's why there's not that much information. Uh, we didn't knew from that email it's a 5 seconds 0 to 60, so just a little bit slower than the all-wheel drive long-range version. But that was about it. We were still like thinking, okay, when uh, we, we knew the price, of course, we knew it was sixty thousand dollars. That's when it started at. And now Tesla is actually starting to offer the car to regular customers that are not Tesla employees. But it looks like they're still in the transition phase from uh, employees only to uh, the wider public, and they're doing it right. Actually, like uh, I'm surprised by, <laughs> by this one because uh, I, I thought like this is a weird rollout to do because this is a new version of the car. Uh, and but you have people that have a Model Y on order for for years now, really, uh, that still don't have, don't have the car and might want the car faster if they can get it from Gigafactory Texas. And that model might make more sense for them. It just wasn't available for sale when they did place the Model Y order. So how do you make it fair for those people that have been waiting a long time, but also like deliver those cars because those cars like are not they're they're not. Um, uh, they're not exactly the same as the one that they were ordered, so not everyone's going to want them. Uh, but what they're doing right now is that they're reaching out, starting with people that are close to the factory, so the Austin, the greater Austin area. And uh, if you have a Model Y on order for a while, they reached out to you uh, with uh, an email that we posted here with some inventory option available to deliver, like very short term. Uh, so this is uh, this this is a smooth way to do it. If they, if they continue to do to to expand like that until uh until i guess that they offer it to enough people uh especially the people that had the longest uh, time on the order and, and then i assume in the coming weeks they're going to open it up to uh, uh on the regular configurator as an option what do you think would you get one or would you rather have a one that was tried i mean at that price much? at that price i would take the long range i think it's not that big of a difference and uh, you, you take the risk of having an early version of the of the new of the new vehicle. So Elon just tweeted something. Tesla is building a hardcore litigation department where we are directly <laughs> initiated and execute lawsuits. The team will report directly to me. Please send three to five bullet point describing evidence of exceptional ability justice as Tesla.com. Oh great. Wow. Okay, yeah, this is uh, this is the way to do it. Yep. Well, forget about actually talking to the media, actually doing the right things. And I'll just let's just sue right away. <laughs> just sue people left and right. Okay, this is building a hardcore litigation team. What a, what the hell does that even mean? Hardcore I, litigation. I think he's trying to make everybody afraid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everyone right now that's thinking about about like suing, going after Tesla is like, all right, they're uh, gonna have the best lawyers, that's for sure. We directly initiate and execute lawsuits. The team will report directly to me. 
Yeah. Justice at Tesla.com. Yeah. Yeah, this is this looks like a flex, like if someone was just flexing. Yeah. It's not not the mission at all. Yeah. I mean if they if you would have said that like two years ago before like everything went down, all the political stuff and everything, like I would no one would have said anything. It's like all right, they're trying to get a good team and they do get some situation where they, they need to to litigate, uh, especially when it comes to inter- intellectual property stuff, like they, 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 they literally they had people stealing their technology before. So, like, um, that would make sense to have a hardcore team going after those people. But uh, now, within the context of like <laughs> sexual misconduct allegation, racial discrimination claims, and all that, it's, <laughs> it looks a, a little different. Yeah, this is a it's a, an ugly ugly uh, look for him. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. yeah. But even though there's controversial stuff, there's still some good stuff that Tesla is doing. And on the full self-driving beta front, there was a big update this week that was actually really interesting. It looks like, a, at least based on the release notes, it looks like a big one. Uh, it, it's uh, Tesla, for the first time, they mentioned like the amount of video clips that he used to train the, the, the training set for a specific neural net uh, task here. Uh, they talk about over 250,000 videos, uh, clip, video clips in total for the, for the update. But they, they talk about some specific one, like, for example, here, improve the recall and geometric accuracy of all lane production by adding 180,000 video clips to the training set. So this is the biggest part. It's more than half of the um, of the total clips used for this uh, for this update. And it's specifically about like building the, the lanes. So the lanes should be more precise now because they had 180,000 video clips uh, that uh, help train the neural net that predicts those uh, or, or try to, to, to understand, to view those uh, lanes. Uh, so this is an interesting one. Uh, other interesting thing, Tesla removed uh, three uh, legacy neural nets from the system that probably weren't useful anymore. And that that enable uh, an increase of 1.8 frames per seconds on the system frame rate. So also that seems like an, a significant improvement on the system. And then there's a bunch of them. Like you can, we, we I, I transcribed the whole uh, release notes on, on electric. You can go uh, read them. But uh, uh, mostly it looks like it's about uh, the confidence, the level of confidence of the system. So if you've ever used uh, self-driving beta before, you would know that uh, it's very frustrating at times, especially in the, in the city environment where the, the the system is not confident at all. Sometimes it's overconfident, and that's scary too, obviously. You don't want it to be too overconfident, but there's a, a right balance to achieve between the confidence levels and the levels of safety that you, um, you want to achieve. And both can be dangerous. Being not confident a lot can also be dangerous in a, in a high traffic environment. So it looks like Tesla made a lot of change to like they call out the go and no go decision. For example, like this, it's improving on that. So that's that. That's a big thing that uh, happens with a driver that uh, has driven a lot more and is, is a lot more aware and, and confident about. Um, understanding traffic situation you know when to go and when to, to not go and i mean teaching a computer to do that is uh, uh is no easy task and it looks like they're making some progress on that front but uh on the autopilot front too for the tesla vision there was a significant update this week uh it went up from 80 miles per hour to 85 miles per hour for the uh tesla vehicle that are vision only that's good for that one road in Texas that the speed limit's 85. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Seth is acting as if he's never driven 85 on a road that's not 85. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to choose that. I admit to nothing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's not quite a regular autopilot just yet because uh, the regular autopilot is a 90 miles per hour uh, top, top end speed limit. But uh, the vision is coming closer. If you remember, I think it was 75 first when it came out last year, and and, and then uh, and then it went up to 80. It's been for 80 for a long, long time. Uh, so it just not, now it's 85. So it's making it a lot more useful for other people that you know like to indulge in a little bit faster speed. Um, all right, uh, going back to FSD, like Elon had some interesting comment. He went on the uh, was it the all in yeah all in summit, which uh, a bunch of Rich people podcast. <laughs> that was my vibe too. Yeah, uh, I was like, oh, I know all these guys. They're the yeah. uh, the old Silicon Valley rich people right. uh, that um, 
talked about technology and they uh, interviewed Elon. And during that, Elon, uh, again, tried to solve the FSD beta thing. And again, he sold it as like, if you want to know how good it is, just try it uh, or watch the videos online of people who do try it. Uh, which uh, That's a data-driven art. answer, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's the argument that he used when people ask him for more data, which is was very disappointing, as we discussed last time. But now he also said, like, like he didn't discuss at all his goal anymore. That I mean, only in the last few weeks to months that he seemed to have completely dropped the the, the goal of like one million taxi, one million robo taxi by the end of the year, and now he replaced it by uh, one million people in the FSD beta by the end of the year. Uh, which is interesting for a few reasons. Uh, first of all, it's a way smaller goal than one million RoboTaxi by the end of the year because FSD beta and RoboTaxi are nowhere near the same thing right now. And again, because we don't have that much data, the path to Tesla achieving RoboTaxi from FSD beta is not exactly clear. Uh, and that's to say the least. So it, it, we're not, we're, it, it's a much less ambitious goal. Now, also, where are they getting 1 million people in the FSD beta is the other big question. Cause, yeah, I don't get the math there. Yeah. Uh, I, so as far as we know, the take rate for FSD beta is quite low. It might have increased over the last few months because of so. those later FSD beta release. It might have. We don't know. That's the thing. Uh, it's 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 very com- uh, opaque data that we have on that. Like there's a few... Uh, we I, I did have some bad data on it when it first came out, like in, in 2017, I think, or 2018. I had some some data, but even then, I knew it was like less than 20. percent uh, So, so yeah, it's not great. Tesla has a few million cars on the road right now, so so uh, there you don't need all the cars to have FSD beta, but you need all the cars that can have FSD beta, which is not all the cars, and and then. Uh, and and then you need people to actually either buy the full self-driving package or the subscription. So maybe that's what he's betting on. He's betting when, as the features improve and become important, more people are going to try to uh, the, the subscription package. Though he said that it would also increase the price of the subscription package, which is already $200 a month. So it's no joke. Um, but $1 million in FSD beta, uh, unless maybe they also launch it in China by the end of the year and they launch it in uh, in Europe by the end of the year. Which those are big if, then maybe yeah, it's gonna be easier to reach one million. But one million just in North America, which is where the FSD beta is available right now, that that would that would surprise me, unless again massive change that convinced a lot more people to buy it. Yeah, and they said they went down to ninety five percent score, so widening a little bit on yeah. this last one. And they have a hundred thousand people in it right now, so it's but that's it. So it's a ten x increase. Over less than a year, when it took them a year to go from uh, uh, a few thousand to a hundred thousand, so I'm still know. I'm still at ninety three. Everyone, so I'm not gonna have it. Oh yeah, I'm not even gonna watch mine. Like uh, it's so like I drive perfectly, and I still get some heartbreaking. I'm like, when did I heartbreak? I don't even know. It would be nice if they tell you like what you did exactly that that led to. Uh, Give you a little beep when you're doing something wrong. Yeah. All right. Um, We have still a few more news items about Tesla to discuss, and then we're going to get into uh, the Cadillac and the Genesis that were uh, pricing released this week. And then if you haven't read that yet, don't finish the show, of course. But Seth just posted his Rivian R1T uh, review, so you can go read down that check, and we're going to discuss it a little bit later on on the show. But we're going to have some time at the end, not a lot of times, because we're already 43 minutes in, and we are... Um, not even we were just past halfway the the articles, but uh, we're gonna have some time to discuss uh, questions or topics you want us to discuss. So you can put them in the comment section right now. I already see a bunch of people, but if you can put questions beforehand or in all cap, that will help us get to them. Uh, all right, moving on. The supercharger pilot program from for non Tesla EV owners has uh, been opened up to more countries or more stations to uh, in Europe. Again, it's only in Europe. It went from um, the Netherlands, Norway, uh, and uh, France to now also having the UK, Spain, Sweden, Belgium, and Austria. Um, although it's not all stationed in those, 
it's like here I, I put the map on. It's about like 15 stations in the UK. A lot of stations in Sweden, though, but also in Norway, so it makes sense to uh, yeah, uh, open that looks that like up. all of them almost. Yeah, maybe. Maybe uh, the utilization yeah. there isn't as high. Yeah, uh, Austria also got quite a few for the size of the country. Uh, and then Spain uh, got a bunch of one too. So like now technically you can go from the, the UK all the way to um, uh, to the south of Spain uh, uh, if you uh, have an energy vehicle that's not a Tesla but use the CCS standard on the supercharger network. So this is, this is pretty cool. Uh, of course, the only market still that is fully... Uh, open is the Netherlands. All the all the supercharger stations in the Netherlands are open to non-Tesla uh, EVs. Uh, and uh, now this is most of Europe, really. Like uh, they would really just need Germany, and then a few other countries, of course, like Italy and whatnot. But uh, Germany is the biggest one that's not included there. Though German riders can use non uh, can use Tesla supercharger. Uh, those that are projected in other countries. So it's open for, for German drivers. Just not German station in Germany, if that's clear. All right, this came out just today. Uh, it's uh, it's still kind of a rumor, though there is a significant chance that it's going to happen based on what we've been learning in the last few uh, years, really, about uh, Tesla being looking at Indonesia for a long time. The reason for it is that the, it's a giant... Uh, source of uh, nickel and uh, in the last few years they changed into more protectionist laws that forces companies that extract nickel from the country to also process process it locally uh, which led to a bunch of companies making large investment for battery plant in the country so they use uh, lithium locally I don't think you actually need to build an actual battery cell there Uh, you maybe just need like to make like the cathode material and then you can ship it somewhere else but while you're there and you put the new cattle uh, material together might as well do the battery cell yep so uh, uh catl and algae energy i've already announced giant investment for battery factories in the country and tesla has been looking into it for a long time there's been a lot of talks between the government there and uh, and uh, the um uh and tesla's team and last week, Tesla was. Uh, we knew that Tesla sent people there for a negotiation. And uh, on the other side, the um, president of Indonesia, uh, Joko Jokowi Widodo. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Pretty sure you're not. <laughs> uh, came to, um, to to Elon in Texas to visit him, uh, and there were talks that Tesla would do an investment in. Uh, in Indonesia, we were taught, we were thinking it was probably going to be a battery factory, but now we have the um, minister of investment of Indonesia. Again, his name I'm going to mess up. Bahil Lahadalia, uh, he's the minister of investment, said that Tesla agreed to build a battery and electrical uh, electric vehicle plant at an industry complex in central uh, Java province. So this is this this would be a big deal. This would be like a new Tesla Gigafactory, really. Um, then, but then he had it that God willing, Tesla will enter Indonesia this year. So he even suggesting that it would be this year, but then he said that nothing has been signed yet. So there's we 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 don't know for sure. Uh, but it does it does sound like the things are moving on that front because this is still like this is a high level government official, and we knew that Tesla has been in the country in the last week. And even Elon met with the president. So there's a, there's a lot of, it's still a rumor, but there's a lot of weight to it. When, when Elon meets the president, that's a pretty good sign. Maybe, maybe not for everything, but. Well, he's for, in Brazil right now making with the president. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that, what's going to come out of that. Um, all right. Last Tesla news is that Tesla AID number two has been announced. Uh, Elon said that it's coming on August 19. So it's exactly a year after the first, uh, the first AI day, uh, no much more information than that. He said so many cool updates. That's it. And then he, he said that uh, uh, he, he did had that uh, again. The purpose of the AI day is to convince great AI software chip talent to join Tesla. So it's uh, basically a recruiting event. But last year there was a ton of stuff that came out of it. Of course, there was the the Dojo supercomputer. Uh, they unveiled the chip back then and a working tile, but not a full cluster. So. 
I would assume that there's going to be an update on that this year, and hopefully they're going to unveil a full supercomputer cluster. Uh, and uh, then uh, we have, of course, a Tesla bot that was introduced last year. And Elon was talking about having a working prototype by the end of next year. So I would assume there's going to be an update on that. Maybe a little sneak peek at a, at a working prototype would be nice. Um, what else? Well, there's the actual self-driving chip in the car itself that uh, Tesla has been promising a new generation for a while now. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get an update on that. Uh, and um, and of course, updates on the actual software improvement that Tesla has been doing to the FSD beta for, for, for a month. So maybe maybe some actual data that shows some improvement with the driver disengagement and, uh, uh, and system disengagement and driver interver- intervention. That would be uh, very welcome. All right, Cadillac. Uh, they they released the price and, and the range uh, of the of the Lyric, their electric SUV built on the Ultium platform. So they've been talking about a price of under sixty thousand dollars. So unfortunately, they didn't hit that, which is not too surprising with the price increases over the last year. That this price has been communicated, I think, like two years ago or something. So it actually starts at sixty three thousand uh, dollars. Not but- bad. Yeah, not too bad because it's it is a premium SUV we're talking about here, uh, and uh, the range uh, came in a little bit higher than they said. They said over uh, well, not higher because they did say over three hundred miles, but uh, that could mean like three hundred and one miles, and it's actually three hundred and twelve miles. So this is good. So uh, so yeah, so sixty two thousand is for the rear wheel drive version of it. Uh, that's the one that gets three hundred and twelve miles of range. There's going to be an all wheel drive version for sixty five thousand dollars, so just two thousand dollar more. Uh, we expect uh, maybe a slightly lower range on that version, but not too much. Uh, they didn't they didn't release it just yet. They said that uh, it's going to release uh, uh, closer to early 2023 because uh, uh, that's uh, when the the car is going to come. And so the all wheel drive version, uh, the uh, rear wheel drive version. Uh, well, now I'm confused by what I wrote. No, the all-wheel drive version is the one that's come that's coming later. Okay, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so the the rear-wheel drive version at sixty-three thousand dollars and three hundred twelve three hundred twelve uh, miles. Uh, this one is coming this summer. Yeah, and we're gonna Mikey and I are gonna go to uh, Utah to uh, try it out next month. Oh, that's nice. Uh, did we learn anything? Oh, yeah. The uh, the people get uh, either two years of unlimited. Uh, charging at Evigo station uh, or uh, up to $1,500 towards the installation of a home charging station through Qmerit. So this is a nice little option. Yeah. I like, I like the way they broke that down. You get, mm-hmm. you get, you know, if you already have a charging station at home, you just get the, the miles. Mm-hmm. And, or if you know, like you don't, uh, you don't drive that, uh, you don't drive long distance that often, you don't need supercharging. So uh, you charging fast charging on the road. Uh, you you can also just get that fifteen hundred box. I think I'm gonna like the lyric. I mean, I've I've liked it yeah. so far. I think it's uh, it's gonna be a good package. Yeah, I'm also excited for it. It's it's a good looking car for sure. Uh, I hope they nail the UI. If they nail the UI, I think it would be like a a very top competitor for Tesla. Um, Genesis also released pricing for the GV60 electric SUV. Uh, it starts at fifty eight nine hundred, and it gets two hundred fifty forty eight miles of range. So this, what is that? What is that? OBG. Uh, okay. um, Odell Beckham. <laughs> so this is uh, th- th- this is the Ionic Five with a slightly redesigned for the Genesis brand. Basically, this is the same platform. Uh, use the same battery, though in the Genesis, in the the the, the GV60, uh, you only have the option of the bigger battery pack, so the 77.4 kilowatt battery pack. In the Ionic, you can also have the 50-something battery pack. Uh, since it's a more premium vehicle, we decided just to offer the, the uh, bigger one. But you do get, like the Ionic 5, the option of all-wheel drive, dual motor, or uh, rear-wheel drive. Uh, so it's the... Is it the rear-wheel drive? No, it's the all-wheel drive that starts at 57000 I think you only get the all-wheel drive option as well. I don't know if you get a rear-wheel drive version in this one. Mm, I I thought earlier he said said they would. 
Oh, no, you're right. You're right. Excuse me. It, it is both all-wheel drive. It's just that one of them has only a 74-kilowatt-hour motor in the front, while the other one has a 160-kilowatt-hour uh, kilowatt yeah. motor in the front. A little faster. Uh, and uh, it does get a, a shorter range at 235, too, instead of uh, 248. So that's weird. because so Yeah, it's a big drop. It's a big drop because both of them has a front, uh, front motor. It's not. It's just one is a little bit right. smaller, less powerful. I mean, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if it's actually the same motor that's not rated the same too. Right. And like, wouldn't that be more efficient for production? I don't. I don't know, but I wouldn't be too surprised. But I mean, this is this is still going to be a great car because it, it comes with all the nice features that you have in Ionic Five too, with just a, a little bit more premium interior design. Uh, you, you get the vehicle to load charging capacity. You get the super fast charging. What is it? Ten to eighty in thirty minutes or something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's that that's perfect. So, a lot of great stuff. Can't wait to try that out. Coming out uh, later this year in the U.S. And then finally, you spend a few days in the Rivian R1T. You got it dirty, set. I know, you got it dirty. I know. What did you do? Well, I wanted to make it look, you know, like a, a normal Rivian, so rode around my backyard a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, you know, a quick synopsis of the, the, the article we, we did most of the testing in Colorado, Colorado is a much more interesting proving ground than the suburbs of New York city. Um, although, you know, driving around Brooklyn was a, a new thing for me. The, the big takeaway for me is that there's really just nothing like a Rivian right now. Um, there's no other, you know, Ford. Chevy, everybody's making full-size pickup trucks. You know, eventually the, the Cybertruck will come around and Ram will be there as well. Um, so for me, it's like this is the perfect size because it still fits in my garage. You can get it into a uh, parking spot. You can do all the things that uh, you kind of want to do with a normal-sized vehicle in a city, in the suburbs. You don't have to have a huge F-150, which seems kind of crazy for oh, okay this is a 360 video <laughs> I thought yeah. What was happening. <laughs> yeah so I, I did a 360 video i thought that'd be fun yeah. um and we're driving around brooklyn the whole time while i'm talking so enjoy that uh i certainly didn't enjoy driving around brooklyn in a uh in any you know any vehicle driving around brooklyn's a pain in the butt but uh i guess the rivian was a little bit nicer because it's quiet and powerful and you know one foot driving and stuff. So, um, but again, the takeaway, there's nothing else like it. Volkswagen, after I did the review came out with, um, that, that they're doing the scout thing and the, the, the two vehicles that, that they're going to do with the scout look almost exactly like the Rivian. So, um, I guess, yeah, she loved it in there. She, she jumped in and then hung out. Um, and then, um, you know, like the Kia EV9 is going to kind of look a little bit like the R1S, mm-hmm. but, you know, it certainly won't have the all-wheel drive capability, uh, at least not the base model. So, and, you know, we don't know when that's even going to come out or what the final product's going to look like. So Rivian's got such a big lead on this class and of vehicle that I think that's going to be enough com- combined with, you know, Amazon money. They have, you know, a couple years worth of cash to burn that's going to be enough to get them up to speed where, you know, then they're start, they start making profits on each vehicle they make. And I think that is a big enough runway. They have a, a, ve- a compelling vehicle. They have a good management team and, and a good smart executive in uh, RJ that they're going to, they're going to make it is what my takeaway is. Yeah. That, that's what I understood from your review too. This is like, this is a great product. The only thing we don't know about it so far is like how it's gonna hold up long time and like if right. like it's a new manufacturer, if there's any like defect that's gonna come out of it over longer use, we yeah, don't know pack. yet. Yeah. yeah, but especially especially when it comes to the drivetrain and the battery pack. Um, so aside from that, that that's an unknown right now. They it looks like they started very well, other than the fact that like as we talked about last week, that there's some issues in the way that the financial are being. Uh, uh, or being handled like the um they didn't they maybe didn't learn or didn't take seriously enough some of the mistakes that Tesla made in the past and 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 the 
the way I see it is like they are they have so much money compared to Tesla that had at that time that they may be like just all right, this is not that big of an issue. We don't need to think about that because we we can uh we, we we have enough in the coffers to to take it. But it, it goes fast quick yeah. <laughs> in the auto industry. That money goes fast quick. Uh, you have to be careful. All right, let's get into the comments action. Already an hour in. All right, uh, Thad Oviet from LinkedIn says, maybe off top of a bit, but have you looked into charging station market for light electric vehicles and e-bikes and scooters? Well, e-bikes and scooters can typically use a 110 volt, so any outside outlet mm. will work there. Uh, I think light electric vehicles can probably charge off of a, a 110 as well. Um, yeah, I mean that, that's that's the thing that you, you have to take into account that the charge the public like I assume he's talking about public charging station here. That's the because yeah yeah uh, public charging station you're not supposed to use them for too long. Like and if you cannot take a level two or level three, which is the case for most light electric vehicles, e bikes and scooters. You you won't get that much use out of it. Though those products are mostly built around one time use. You bring them back home, you recharge them. That's what it is, and that's why is like that's why their option on both both e bikes and electric scooters. Most of you have plenty. There's plenty of option in that market. It's uh, like uh, that, that's why we have like two people reviewing them full time. Basically, there's have a lot, a lot more products than the electric V uh, full on electric cars, though that's ramping up too. But you have some uh, plenty of options that have removable batteries, for example. So it makes sense that like you can leave them if you live in an apartment. You can leave them in some storage downstairs or just lock it somewhere and just bring up the battery pack, charge it in the apartment. Like there's there are other solutions to charging the vehicles that are already meant to be used uh, also in just like a single day and then you recharge it at the end of every day so and i mean for an extreme use case obviously like a lot of people they could probably have an electric bike and charge it once a week or something like that all right uh moving on uh some comments here not really questions <laughs> uh richard kuhl says expensive massage yeah that was a quarter if million it, dollars. if it was true like that's a quarter million dollars but actually massage. and he and it doesn't sound like he even got one <laughs> yeah. uh jed anderson what i wonder when the last time that dude i'm assuming he means elon took a few weeks off and just went to some beach or cabin with no wi-fi that seems like a really good idea yeah. uh uh, if anybody who knows, a little listening. mental reset for Elon. Yeah, yeah, a little chill pill. His brain, like his brain, is too valuable not to keep it healthy. And sometimes lately, like, it, especially when you get into the politics stuff, like yeah, it's uh, I, it's so easy to delve into like just toxic things when you, you, you like. I don't know how the people that like the full time political commentator like how they do it. Like you have some be some kind of animal to do that. All right, Kathy Wood, valuation is based on future revenue from the robo-taxi fleet, which is typical Wall Street nonsense. Uh, yeah, she's big on, on the robo-taxis. There's no doubt about that. So maybe she's trying to – she's seeing that's not as likely as she thought it would be. Uh, Jay Anderson says uh, it's weird to alienate the natural customers for EVs and cast his lot with people who claim they'll never stop buying ICE trucks, LOL. Does, yeah, I mean that's that's one thing that where. you discussed before, like as uh, some kind of conspiracy where Elon, like, are uh, we already tapped out the market for left wing EV buyers? So now let's go full right wing and try to convince people to buy electric vehicles by becoming fans of him, which is <laughs> which would be like a very interesting conspiracy here. But uh, I, I don't know that that's the case. If it is, it is one of the most wild <laughs> marketing campaign of all time right. for, for 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 the good of the planet. Though technically, it's to <laughs> accelerate the deliveries of electric vehicles. So, but again, like that would be also encouraging. Like it would be a dumb end issue. It would be like Tesla having a dumb end issue, which it doesn't have right now. So, I don't think that's the case. All right, Jed Anderson says the real test is whether Musk will ever speak the same way about China in China. Uh, no, there's no way like they already proved that like uh, the, was it the financial times interviewer and the recent interview that tried to get him to say something bad about china and he couldn't like yeah he, he said the reason that he was upset about the u.s was because other automakers were allowed to start and because tesla was in alameda county 
he wasn't, which seems kind of yeah. like a cop out. And then, and then he literally said, "The oh, forget about the midnight oil. Chinese worker will burn the two a.m. Uh-huh. or three a.m. oil." While he said that, he literally had Chinese worker in his Shanghai factory having to sleep in the factory because of the restriction that they have a COVID for in Shanghai. So, like this is uh, this isn't bad taste. Yeah, for sure. All right, moving on. Uh, he seems to be self-destructing. Uh, Real Time News was talking about the uh, the justice at Tesla or Tesla Legal. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, what's ESG? We talked about uh, that earlier. It's uh, environmental, social, uh, social governance. governance. Yeah. Uh, question: Did Electric t- attend the Magna demonstration of their heavy-duty truck EV auto parts? I saw a clip from TFL, which I'm not sure what that is, review channel where they drove a heavy duty GMC EV truck there. Um, I mean, we were we we had someone there. I don't know about the GMC EV truck though. No, we actually did get invited. Um, that was the uh, the short lived Joe era, and uh, oh yeah, no, I thought Scooter went there. Didn't to Magna, Sco- yeah, I thought Scooter last week went to Magna. No, he uh, wasn't uh, a Magna event very recently. I don't okay. know that. I, I well, don't remember what it was, though. I thought it might have been like an EV platform, but you're right. Not, That's right. Uh, you might have not posted whatever came out of that. Yeah, we'll have something about that soon. Yeah. All right. Uh, Twitter should suspend Elon. That would be fun. Uh, not permanent, just a timeout. One for his own good, maybe. Like, yeah. This, this that, is, that's the thing. He keeps saying, like, to you. he keeps saying, people think I'm on Twitter all the time, and I'm not actually on Twitter all the time. It's just less than 5% of my time and whatnot, or at least the Twitter acquisition, less than 5% of your time. Yes, but you say something, like, the 1% of the time that you spend on Twitter and you say something crazy that offends a lot of people for whatever reason, it's so unproductive <laughs> that, yeah. like, it, it, it feels like more than that, like, Yep. All right. Uh, Dan, uh, touching the brake is heartbreaking. In that's terms that's of- how it feels like. But here's here's the thing. I I don't think I ever I even touched a brake. Like right. most of the time, re-genning. I don't touch my brake. So too much regening. Put it yeah. take off regen. Uh, it's yeah, smart- does that count? If you like, you you're going at high speed and then you let go. Like it feels like it's heartbreaking. Does that count? But you don't even touch a brake. I don't know. Uh, Dan, it's smart for countries to add as much value to their natural resources before exporting them. Many countries have been exploited just by shipping processed, I think he means unprocessed or raw materials. Good for Indonesia. Yeah, yeah, I agree with Dan on, on, on that front. I think a lot of countries, especially poorer countries, should should really take note about that because you avoid, like, it, it's... It, it sounds like an hostile maneuver, like a protectionist move, and it, it, some other countries might not like it and everything like that. But it's your natural resources, and unless you have like very solid like royalties deals, like like we do in Quebec, in Quebec, like a private company wants to get like all of our, our minerals, you're gonna have to pay a lot of royalties to the government, so the money stays there to a degree. But uh, it makes I, I would actually prefer not to have a royalty and force them to make jo- more jobs and more uh, investment in, in the, the region instead. That, I think that makes more sense. ton of sense. And Jed says, thanks for the podcast. Have a great weekend. Have a great weekend, you too, Jed. And everyone that listened to the show, have a great weekend. If you did like the show, you can give us a thumbs up. It takes a second to do, a like on Facebook, wherever you're watching. And it helps the show a lot more than you think. And it's free to do. Uh, same thing for if you're listening on you on your podcast app right now. If you can take a second, if you do enjoy the show every week, if you can take a second to go into your app and uh, uh, leave us a five-star review, that helps the show a lot. Uh, again, more than you think, and we appreciate it every time. So that's it for this week. We're going to see you next week. Have a good weekend. Have a good week. Stay safe out there. Bye-bye.